Oh my gosh, far, where far. are you right now? Um, on my couch in my home. Under in, some blankets. In your home, like which home? Oh, I live in um, Lakewood. Oh my gosh, you live in Lakewood? I probably yeah. knew that and just yes. buried it. I don't uh. have much time left alone, so I gotta enjoy it while I can. Are you, do you and uh, Quinn know where you're gonna live? Um, so he's probably gonna move here. We don't know where we're gonna live, but so he's like four hours away right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, which, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> do you think you'll stay in Lakewood, or what are you guys um, planning on doing? Brother lives in Rocky River, oh. which I like. Yeah, also. I like Rocky River. Yeah, and I'm, like, obsessed with his kids, so that's one of the reasons also that I've stayed in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, I don't think I can go any further west. Like, I just, the thought of Amherst, not not even close. Like, I, I 30 minutes away. I was about to say, I don't think I could be within 15 miles, no, bare minimum, no of Amherst. Okay, so, and a lot of, like, people from high school who somehow, like, find it, and then they're like, Lauren, what? <laughs> which I, <laughs> Which I understand, given, like, how I was. In high school, did I tell you I requested to follow years ago, like 2013 maybe, I requested to follow Kale Klokoda on Instagram because he was like the only person at Amherst, Ohio that I had a crush on and he declined my request. So (laughs) close the chapter. (laughs) So how long have you and Quinn been together? Um, we started dating in July of 2015. So I guess that's when we, like, became official. Mm-hmm. We went on our first date. Well, this is debatable between both of us, but <laughs> we... So, I've known him since freshman year of college. Like, he lived on the floor below me. We had very similar friend groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just, like, never actually hung out one-on-one yeah. or anything like that. And then I had a clinical rotation in Cincinnati, that was, like, April, May, June of 2015, mm-hmm. and he was working there as, like, a PT aide or tech or whatever you want to call it, and so I was working with him there the whole time, and I, of course, was like, you know, I have to be a really good student. I would never, like, talk to any boys at the clinic. <laughs> I'd never do anything wrong, but then, like, on the very last day, he, um, it was my birthday, and I was like, oh, let's do something, go out in Cincinnati. And when we were out, it was a bunch, it was a big group of us, and he, like, pulled me aside. It was probably, like, midnight, and he was probably drunk. And he was like, oh, I really like you, like, <gasps> blah, blah, blah. So I was, like, taken aback, but I also, like, had been crushing on him, too, but I obviously didn't say anything. Um, so we were, like, of course he tells me that, and then, like, I leave Cincinnati the next day. So I'm like, oh, great, this is perfect timing. I'm going to be gone. And so... Um, after that we just like kept talking and then he came to visit me for a weekend in Columbus mm-hmm. and then I went to visit him one weekend in Cincinnati and like it was it was like very obvious that we wanted to yeah in a relationship so started then and then got engaged in April of 2018 so it sounds like it was just like kind of easy from the beginning it was, and yeah. it's kind of weird because, like, I've had some, like, really stupid relationships in college. I was just about to say, like, I remember a guy that you dated who I never met but, like, only saw pictures of, and yeah. I just remember it being, like, from the oh very limited knowledge I had of it, just complicated, which yeah. everyone yeah. seems oh. to say, like, if it's good, it's easy, especially yeah. in the beginning, like, geez. 
I know. <clears throat> the beginning of, and even how that relationship started was just, I don't even know why I did it. But, yeah. like, he had graduated in December, and I was still in college. So I had my last semester. Like, of course, you'd want to, like, have fun. It's your final semester of college. But yeah. I'm like, you know, I want to date this guy. <laughs> um, like, so stupid. And he was so wishy-washy about everything. Yeah. And, like, this lasted way too long. Like, we, we broke up in... Um, we broke up, like, May, like, right when I graduated, but we still hung out for, like, almost, I don't know, seven or eight months after yeah. that. Like, it was, it was just so stupid, though, because it was never, I don't know, it yeah. was the dumbest thing ever. And But that's, like, just what I thought relationships were like. They were just, like, yeah. complicated and stupid. If that's and, all you've ever done, then you're and just, And like, just, like, so straightforward about everything. He's, like, no, like, I like you, and, like, he, things about him that I really love, like, he's... He's not on social media at all. Like, he just doesn't care about anything like that. <laughs> like, I, don't ha- I would have never in my relationship with him had to worry about anything. Like, I don't know why. For yeah. some reason, social media seems to be a thing. But, like, first of all, he, like, hates people sometimes. <laughs> so, like, I really don't have to worry. But, like, yeah. if he liked me, I was like, oh, he must like me because he, like, hates a lot of people. Yeah. That sounds so bad. I think that's also why, like, on the flip side, sometimes I would go after um guys that like weren't that great and like were damaged yeah. and I was like oh they don't like anyone but they like me and I'm gonna yeah, like I'm fix like, them oh, fix this yes. oh my gosh but no the worst no <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh 10 minutes later let's introduce you right. do you what, what name do you want to go by you can you, we can go by my real name I've okay been, I've been I'm okay we can go by my real name oh my gosh yeah. so exciting yeah. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay, so, <clear. laughs> Katie, um, how old are you, and where do you live? We already established that you are engaged. Yes, um, I'm 26. I live in Lakewood, which is a Cleveland suburb, but I grew up in um, good old Amherst, Ohio. Good old Amherst, Florida. Ohio. I think you're the only, like, you are truly one of the only people in my whole life that knows me pre-age of 19. Oh, yeah. Everyone has been blasted. Yep, yep. (laughs) They have all been (laughs) taken out. They're gone, yeah. That's pretty much me, too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And what do you do? I am a physical therapist. I do both orthopedics, which is, like, your general, you know, knees, hips, backs, all that fun Mm -hmm. stuff. But then I also do pelvic floor PT, which is kind of, like, my specialized area. So I do kind of, like, 60% ortho, 40% pelvic floor. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Can you kind of describe, like, what pelvic floor physical therapy is for people who might have never heard of it? Yes. So it's kind of funny because people come to pelvic floor PT and they'll sit down and I'll ask them why they're there and they don't even know like they have no idea what pelvic yeah. floor PT is and they just go I don't know my doctor told me to come here like I don't even know what this is is this a real thing and <laughs> so it's, it's it's always funny just because the first the first visit's always that way um, and people are usually pretty nervous which mm-hmm. I totally understand but basically we work with a variety of things so I do specifically women but I have a co-worker that also does male pelvic floor PT mm-hmm. and we basically focus on the pelvic floor muscles so there's a bunch of muscles down there we focus on like low back hips um, that whole region mm-hmm. but things that we see often are at least what I see often are one would be pelvic pain or pain with intercourse another thing I see is bladder and bowel incontinence or like leaking mm-hmm. And then I see people, like, when they're pregnant and then postpartum for a variety of things. Prolapse, pain, 
leaking, etc. Those yeah. are like the main things I see. Is there a general age range or is it like across the board, everyone? Like, oh my god, it's everyone. And that's okay. another thing. People are always are like, aren't you just see a bunch of old women that like can't hold their urine in? Like mm-hmm. that's just the the stereotype that yeah. people think. But like my youngest patient I've ever had is 13. Oh wow. And that was for pain. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I've had like a 94 year old, which was just like a mess in itself because she also didn't have any memory. So that was great. Oh my but, God. But yeah, so it's really every age range. I would say my most common age range is like 23 to 35 ish. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most common age. That's probably when maybe the buzzword of like pelvic your pelvic floor maybe comes out if you're like thinking about kids or if you're like sexually active or whatever I think that probably yeah how did you come to decide on pelvic floor PT yeah that's another question a lot of patients (laughs) ask so I it's kind of funny it's kind of a weird um, way that I got there because in PT school you don't learn a ton about pelvic floor PT or at least like a few years ago we didn't it was like one day where we had this lady come in and she talked to us and most of us I'd say 99% of our class we were all freaked out and we're like no way like disgusting (laughs) like how could anyone do this this is so gross um and I really didn't even think about it the rest of school and then closer to graduation um some of my sisters-in-law started having kids and they were asking me all these questions and I was like I have no idea like should I know this stuff and Mm -hmm. so then I kind of went back and looked was starting to look things up and realized oh pelvic floor PT kind of deals with this stuff too um so right after I graduated like immediately after that I took the level one course just basically out of curiosity Mm -hmm. um and I loved it loved like everything about it loved everything we learned um and then when I got my first job like a month later my boss just happened to be a pelvic floor PT also so she like taught me tons of stuff and then I took a level two course later a few months later and that's kind of how it started so it was totally unexpected not what I was thinking I would be doing but like just somehow I got led there and I love it so much (laughs) that's awesome I hadn't I hadn't heard of it as a specialty until probably like May of this year And then I was seeing a pelvic floor PT from probably June until October, Mm -hmm. Um, and it really helped. For women our age, is there a couple of issues that are most common among them? Uh, Yeah, I would say for people in their mid-20s or so, a lot of things I see would be, one would be chronic pelvic pain. So if you're having any sort of pain, even like at rest, like just weird pelvic pain, that's that's not normal Mm -hmm. um you should definitely be talking to someone about that and then the other one pain with intercourse or pain with sex is another one that I see because people I have people come in all the time like and I ask them if they have pain with intercourse and they say oh I've had that for years but um like I just assumed that was normal like that's just a normal thing I hear that all the time and I'm like no that's that's (laughs) not not a normal thing yeah and and guys can have it too which like I said I don't treat them but guys can have that issue too Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so just hearing those things and then the things that they do that they try to do to fix it, like sometimes oh it'll kill me inside a little bit. They're like, oh yeah, I just keep you know doing kegels. I just keep squeezing, relax. Uh-huh. Hopefully that will help. And I think as you probably know too, like that's the last thing you want to be doing when you're having right. Because but that's like that's what you pelvic. hear in Cosmo yeah. or literally any article that talks about your pelvic floor is like you need to strengthen it. Yeah, and, and you need to use like those vaginal weights. Like you need to put those in and uh, get stronger. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
So for someone with um, pain during intercourse, I mean, I'm sure treatment varies from person to person, but how would you address that? Yeah, so it definitely varies from person to person. Usually the first visit when you come in, at the very beginning is a lot of conversation and just getting a lot of background information from you, mm-hmm. like kind of like growing up, um, just different thoughts that you had regarding sexual health intercourse and things like that. Um, and then just your like sexual history. Sometimes people have trauma, which they don't necessarily have to talk about their first visit. I usually more so like wait for them to be comfortable with me for yeah. them to bring anything like that up. Um, any history of, you know, pregnancies, things like that. Uh, we talk about all that the first day, and um, so a lot of the treatment, I guess, like you said, it kind of varies from person to person, but the first day, if if comfortable, we usually do an internal exam. Mm-hmm. We can do, it depends on where your pain is, but um, we can do vaginal, we can do rectal, um, and we're just kind of using, we're using one finger, we're just kind of feeling around in the muscles. Mm-hmm. There's a, a few different layers of pelvic floor muscles if people don't know that, which they probably don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we find a spot that, you know, triggers that same pain, or even if there's pain like inserting or removing the finger, which sounds so weird, but yeah. um, all those things are things that we can work on both internally, like manual work, so stretching, mm-hmm. um, things like that, trigger point release, and then other parts of it are just more um, meditative or breathing techniques to help calm things down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some yoga, stretching, some different poses that can help open up the pelvic floor. Um, sometimes if people, like a common thing I see is called vaginismus, which is kind of like your your body just kind of tightens your, your muscles without you even knowing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just kind of happens. It's a reaction. And that can be from a variety of things, whether it be like a, a very, very conservative or like religious upbringing where like you're taught like, okay, sex is bad. You cannot have sex. Mm-hmm. Or like I said, some sort of sexual trauma mm-hmm. where um, you just have like a bad association with intercourse. Yeah. So that kind of stuff, sometimes we have to do some other techniques with that. We use what are called like vaginal dilators. Mm-hmm. Those come in different sizes, like from as small as a tampon to really, really large sizes to help people just work on insertion, removal, Mm -hmm. things like that. So there's so many different things you can do, but like you, like you said, it kind of depends on the person. Yeah. Yeah. So I, when I was planning on going to public floor PT, like I said, I, I think I first heard of it in like early May. I didn't end up going until probably the end of June because I kept scheduling appointments and canceling them because I was so (laughs) nervous. And I think it was actually, like, my therapist therapist who recommended it at first. It took a long time to – I was like, how am I going to go, like, tell a total stranger about all this? But then also the physical exam really made me nervous because, um, like, pap smears and all of that have always been, like, excruciating. So I finally like bucked up and went and it was pretty much exactly what you just described. Like we spent the first probably half an hour, 45 minutes just talking about like my history and what I'd been experiencing. And it's so weird the approach I took to this problem where, I mean, for my entire life, I was like, oh, like pain during sex is normal and like everyone does that and like um, her name was Bridget. She said pretty much the exact same thing that you just did where she's like any, any pain is not normal. If you're, if you're having pain with sex, you need to be talking to someone about it. And then we did end the 
um, appointment with like an internal exam and those took me a while to get used to like we didn't do them every time but they still like even sometimes um like you mentioned pain when you're just at rest sometimes if we had an exam and it was fine later in the day I would get like phantom pain or whatever like the body is just so fucking strange I truly don't understand it but a lot of what we focused on for the first months was breathing techniques and just like Mm -hmm. relaxing my pelvic floor at all because it didn't really feel like I could (laughs) yeah you you can't really tell it's hard for people whose pelvic floor is super tight for them to be like I'm I'm not tightening it like it doesn't feel like I'm tightening it yeah and I also don't know what it feels like for it to be relaxed like I can't tell the difference it's really really hard at first to distinguish that yeah so um I wish that I had known other people had this problem not even like I mean I'm sure tons of people have it but I wish I had known like even one other human has this problem yeah. and it's so many people like yeah I, when people come in they're like oh my friend has this or oh my this like runs in my family and no one's ever said anything about it because like yeah who wants to talk about this yeah I get it but also do you want to like be in pain your whole life right. I don't, you know yeah I mean if I had I wish I had addressed this or even known that it was something to address like four years ago. (laughs) She diagnosed me with, I don't know how to pronounce this word, but dyspareunia? Yes, yes. Am I saying that close to correctly? Yeah, that's close, yeah. How would how would you say it, Katie? Oh my gosh, which is funny because I'm just gonna back up for a second because even there's a lot of debate about a lot of public floor words. Like some people say Kegels, some people say Kegels, and I don't I don't even know which one's right because like even doctors say them both, so I don't even know. Dyspareunia, dyspareunia. Yeah. Okay. Like there's so there's different ways with that too, but that basically is like painful intercourse Mm -hmm. or you know tightness and yeah. Pelvic pain, yeah. It was like a mixture of that and then acute vaginismus. Um, gotcha. mm-hmm. So fun. Just yes. A, just a fun <laughs> little cocktail of... Um, but yeah, so uh, this is a question that I was going to ask you way back at the beginning, but just for anyone listening who might still not be clear, um, what exactly is the pelvic floor? Because you kind of... You said that it was a layer of muscles and it's mm-hmm. like... Well, I'm not going to, I'm going to mess that up. So I'm going to let you tackle that one. And how, (laughs) how can it affect sex? So think about how you have muscles all over your body. Well, there are muscles, I kind of think of them as a bowl in your pelvis. So um, think about the muscles you would use if you wanted to try to stop the flow of urine or stop gas from coming out. Those are your pelvic floor muscles. Um, you have your superficial muscles, which are the ones more on the outside, and those ones are responsible for closing off your, any openings. So think about stopping leakage, things like I just talked about. And then you have your deeper muscles, and those hold up your pelvic organs. So if those weren't there, you would have basically your organs would be falling out. So think of like when people say they have like a prolapse, those muscles um, are responsible for holding those up. Mm. And obviously during intercourse, these muscles are being touched. So imagine having intercourse, and if there's some sort of pain in any of these muscles, you're hitting them every single time. Mm-hmm. So these, and like, all, all, other than pain, like these muscles, you're using them in intercourse for pleasure. So if you are not able to contract and relax these muscles throughout intercourse, you're not going to feel the complete sensation, or you may have improved sensation if you're using them more correctly. So, mm-hmm. Um, 
as far as pain goes, if they're tight and you're kind of hitting them and they're not able to contract and relax, then you're just going to have pain every time. And you can have different types of pain. You can have, like I said, you can have superficial pain, which might be like right at the entrance. Um, And sometimes uh, women tend to just clench up, like if they're nervous or anxious about anything. And then deeper would be uh, more like thrust pain, I guess you can say. Is it possible to have both? Yes, is that it's normal? most common to have both. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then this is kind of a silly question, question, but um, like I've been to a chiropractor before, and they their stance on it is basically like everyone should see a chiropractor at some point in their life. Do you think that yeah. everyone should visit a pelvic floor PT at some point in your life, or should you just go? if you've, like, been to a gynecologist or if you've been to a general practitioner and you're referred to a pelvic floor PT? So that's hard. I don't necessarily think every single person has to go to a pelvic floor PT, but I think a lot more people out there that aren't going should be going. So um, a lot of times people during their pregnancy, like, I think everyone who is having a baby should go see a public floor PT. Like yeah. if they're pregnant, they're having kids, there's so much for you that you don't know postpartum that you should be going to see a public floor PT. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, I would say another common thing with pain is people who are really type A. Um, that's another common reason. Um, like with people with pelvic pain, they just are tight all the time. So if that's your oh. type of personality or like you've had any type of pain in, in the past, I would definitely go see a public floor PT, but obviously if you're one of the lucky humans out there somehow that just has not had any issues, then you're probably fine. But yeah. the majority of people would probably benefit from even, even just a consultation. It's not something that you have to come every single week, maybe just a one-time visit just to get some information would be a good idea. That's what I always tell people. It doesn't yeah, have to be sure. like an ongoing thing. Yeah. Like, I learned so much from my pelvic floor PT just in the conversations we would have or, like, all of the random products that she had around her office. She'd be like, look at this new toy I got. And I'm like, what? She had this, like, thing that looked like a gun that you, like, it's like a rapid um, muscle, like, massager, basically. Have you seen? What is that called? I don't remember. Paragon? Yes. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Yeah, it's so great. It was amazing. Um... Another question I have with your profession, are you particularly full then of like vaginal health knowledge or is it not really related? Uh, like, do you have like a tip? Uh, like, give me some examples and I'll tell you. Ooh. <laughs> if you can think of anything. Okay, here's an example. I am on Lexapro and it makes me very dry. My pelvic floor PT like recommended taking this um the supplement to like help like juice things up basically Um, yeah with dryness yes yeah okay um so stuff like that where like if someone's like oh my labia are falling off would you be like I know what to do like do you you have (laughs) Um, so so I think I know some things that you know people ask me some some things people ask me I'm like I have no idea (laughs) probably a gynecologist is gonna be able to answer that better but there are things like specific types of lubricants like we prefer that people use water-based versus you know all these scented things or another common 
thing that people think is that you should be like cleaning with like soap, lots of soaps. Mm, yeah. Like vaginally, but really your vagina is like kind of magical and that it kind of cleans itself. Yeah. You really just need water. Yeah. And people can get really bad infections by using other products that they think are good for them or making them smell good, but really they can cause a lot of issues. So for sure. really water is all you need. Is the penis <laughs> also self-cleaning? That's a great question. I should ask my, I should ask my uh, coworker that. Who Someone told me that it was, but I don't want to give them that credit. I feel like that's not true. Yeah, I have no idea about that one. And also, just in the experience of my life with penises that I've seen, I feel like they're not self <laughs> dirty. <laughs> um. <laughs> I forgot what my next question was going to be. Oh, what kind of what kind of lube do you have a brand that you would recommend? Oh god, if I had it in front of me, I can picture what the bottle looks like. My work. My pelvic floor PT recommended Uber Lube, and I'd also been recommended that by a sex therapist as well. Oh, um I like it, but I always wonder if there's like something better. Oh, let me see. I'm, I'm like trying to Google a picture of the one. I can't find it though. But is do you know if it's is it water based? Yeah. Yeah. Then that would be a great option. Yeah, and it comes in like a little like it's like a very cute bottle. And I think there's one. Someone told me one of my patients told me at Target there's like a water based oh, one cool. now, which is nice for people who like. I mean, Target's a place people go all the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> <Good> on Target. <laughs> Um, what do you, do you have any opinions or, um, maybe like warnings that I should heed about using oils, like, for that purpose? Oils, um, like coconut oil is fine. Yeah, I, I use coconut oil. It yeah, kind of, really it's hard to whip out with someone that you're not committed to. <laughs> because <Hold that>. <laughs> <laughs> oil. Exactly, it comes in like a jar and right. it's hard to be like, let me just scoop this out and like, hold still. That's um, the one I've learned about as far as oils go is coconut oil. Yeah. Any, any like natural based mm-hmm. things are pretty safe. So. Yeah. 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 I've never had any reactions to coconut oil and honestly it just feels yeah. like I'm like doing a really good job moisturizing. So Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that you want to share about pelvic floor health oh or anything like that before we get into interrogating you? Um oh my god, great. Um <laughs> let me think. Okay. Another good product that can totally freak people out though because it looks kind of freaky but it's a good one for like reach if you because it's really hard for yourself like with a finger to reach your muscles if they're in pain um but this is like a wand it's called a therawand and it's kind of shaped weirdly and it has a handle and it looks kind of scary but it's a great way to reach your pelvic floor muscles if you think about your pelvic floor as like a pelvic clock yeah um you kind of want to avoid the top and the bottom you want to avoid 12 and 6 but between there like the sides of on mm-hmm. both sides, that's where all the pelvic floor muscles are, and that is a great tool to use. But obviously, like, read about it and figure out how to use it before you try to use yes. it on yourself. The website probably has a lot of good info, but that's another great product. What is it called? A Therawand. So that's really interesting that you say that because I was going to ask, there is this person that I follow um, on Instagram, and... I think she calls herself like the the Yoni Empire. Yeah, the Yoni Empire. And she has these like wand things that she I think basically recommends just like 
massaging with. Uh-huh. It sounds kind of like that. I don't know. I mean, the one that you're recommending is probably safer because I'm assuming it was made by like doctors. It was made by I think it was made by a PT, a public floor PT. Oh good. Yeah. This I think is more she's she's marketing them at for like pleasure, which Gosh. I'm not like a million percent sure how that works. Uh but <laughs> I feel like even just I showed it to my my PT and uh-huh. um she was like I feel like that could be really good for like even just massaging like the outside Mm-hmm. of your is that helpful to reach yeah, muscles yeah so um the outside people might not realize this but like along the outside in your skin a lot of your pelvic floor muscles attach to that area so mm-hmm. even doing external stuff or stuff on the outside is going to be helpful mm-hmm. um, because you're you're still hitting the pelvic floor muscles in a way yeah so that would yeah that would definitely be That's, helpful as well so my pt uh, gave me like a set of dilators that go from yeah. like small to large. I didn't use them a whole lot just because I was like really intimidated by them. And people um, are really intimidated by them. Yeah, but like what I started with was just on the outside, kind of like massaging those muscles when I was mm-hmm. still too nervous to actually. I never thought I would say this on air, but penetrate myself. Right. And, um, so it took me a while to amp up to that. But yeah, um, they ended up being generally very helpful. And I, I think like more than anything, what really helped me overall was the breathing because it actually forced me to pay attention to like relaxing it took it was not right away I would say like the first week or so of me trying those techniques I couldn't feel anything but as time went on um I could start to actually tell when I was able to relax my muscles a little bit and then like as I did it more and more it just became a little more instinctual and I started like trying to breathe that way just throughout the day when I could Mm -hmm. be mindful of it and eventually, like, I did, um, I, I don't think I have really, like, ever had sex without pain at all, and, um, it's been a lot better now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes a difference. I mean, I will say, like, pelvic floor PT is not for everyone. Sometimes things could be almost, like, too, like, for example, for if someone has really, really bad endometriosis, they, it's possible that they may need surgical yeah. assistance. You know, it's not yeah. going to fix everything, but it does really help a lot of people, yeah. I will say. And um, as far as breathing, the breathing stuff goes, another thing um, that people might not know, a lot of people, like I said, especially kind of the more type A type of people, are really big chest breathers. Like, I catch myself that yes. way as well. Yes. And what that does is in your body it sets off um, what's called the sympathetic nervous system which is kind of like the fight or flight system in your body so your body's just automatically on this high guard tight clenched way so Mm -hmm. if you are like that all throughout the day obviously you're probably going to have some pain so by working on some other breathing techniques some kind of like more belly breathing and some other things that sets off what's called the parasympathetic nervous system or the rest and digest and that helps to calm the whole body down so Breathing really can make a huge difference in the whole body. Yeah, and I that's yeah. not something that I would have ever even that would never have crossed my mind until someone right. explained it to me and right. I mean laid me down, had their hand on my stomach and was like forcing me to think about it and, and mm-hmm. do it and it was really helpful. Yeah. 
good. <laughs> good stuff. So another topic that I wrote was dating in college and friend group dynamics. I honestly am not a million percent sure what I even meant by that. You did kind of go over the guy that you dated um, towards the end of college. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really date anyone else in college. Yeah, like, I didn't seriously really at all. And I think, um, so in college I had, and still the same group, like I had a really close group of girlfriends yeah. and then a really close group of guy friends were all really close to each other. And like our thing was we cannot date each other. Like we cannot ruin this dynamic. It's so great. And we did have one girl in my the group date one guy in the group and it did not it did not end well. It's all good now. Right. But like that just didn't end well. And there was really no like thank God for me, like there was really no one that I like was dying to date in the yeah. group. Um no, we just had like the one couple and they like should have just done it, you know, just to see how it went. And they dated for a while, but Long story short, like, it, it all ended up well. Like, the guy is dating a different girl, and the girl is actually dating a girl. So, like, she... Fabulous. Yes. We so all figured it out. Her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, before you and Quinn got together, um, did you go through any phases of dating, like, strangers? Were you ever on <laughs> dating apps? Like, did you date in between... Like, the one guy and... Yeah. <laughs> Mm, not, like, <laughs> one person, which is it's just, it's like, actually a funny story. So, um, I never was on any dating apps. Was so like I feel like those weren't even really like a thing yeah, yet, really yeah. big thing yet, maybe. I agree. Um, so it was just it was one guy and it was one date. And <laughs> it was um my friend, my friend in college. His his name is John. He had a friend who wanted to date me. Wanted to want to date with me. And so I, and I was like, not super into it. I was just like, you know, I was a weirdo in PT school and I was like, I can't do anything. Like I can only do school. It's all Mm -hmm. my life is. Um, and so I was like, no, I'm not doing that. But, um, I just kind of forgot about it. And then I got this phone call and I didn't know the number and I picked it up. I don't know why. Cause I usually don't. I picked it up and it was this kid. He's like, Hey Katie, you want to go on a date? And I was like, and I'm really bad. I was really bad at saying no, like really, really bad at saying no back then. And so I said yes, and it was fine. Like, we went to dinner, and we um, we went into trivia with his friends, and, like, nothing happened, left. And then that weekend, I went out with my friends, and he was, of course, at the same bar. Of course. And, yeah, this is the worst part, though, is uh, I said, I'm like, I'm leaving, and I'm leaving with my friend Kayla. We're leaving the bar. And he gets in the Uber with us and comes what? back to my house. It, it was horrible. This kid was horrible. And then... We're all, I'm like, okay, this cannot happen. He's like, I can't go home. Like, my roommate, blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember why he couldn't go home. So okay. I just want to <laughs> interject really quickly to say that that lie. It's not has, okay. Like, you no, just do that. No, that has been told so many times. I don't know why men are always like, yeah, she'll believe that my roommate is, like, in prison right now. Or yeah, whatever. Basically. That's, like, what it was. Oh, my God. What? So, I, like, refused to go to sleep. Like, I sat at the table and I was like, Kayla, you have to sit at this table with me. And, like, I... <laughs> I would not let her leave me alone. And he was just telling us these crazy stories. He was like, we were, for some reason, he started talking about Lent, like the religious Lent. And he goes, so this um, year for Lent, I'm going to give up porn and I'm going to give up weed. And I was like, what? who are you? Like, it was so uncomfortable. And I was like, I, I need to go. Like, I'm at my house and I need to leave. Oh, my God. So anyways, he ended up sleeping on the couch downstairs because he wouldn't leave. Like, he refused to leave. It was so awkward. And then he's like, I promise I'll be gone in the morning. I give up in the morning. He's still there. I had to drive <laughs> him home. I had to drive him home. I never, have, I never talked to him again. And then 
this past fall, he was at a wedding that I was at, that my friend's wedding, John's wedding, and he was there, and he came up to me, and he's like, hey, Katie, guess what? And I was like, how's it going? He's like, I'm still not smoking weed. I was like, oh, my God. He, he like, what? this conversation. <laughs> he <laughs> thought that was, like, I thought you were going to say he apologized, but then he no, said, oh, guess no, what? No, no, he, no, that's just a him. Like, he's that weird. That's he's so bizarre. Weird. So that's the only one dating story I have, and I was like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, you got a couple of experiences out of that, at least, so. But, like, I but I kind of agree with um, what other people have been saying, too, about how these polls on your podcasts on the, on the Instagram are so interesting to me because I feel so far removed oh, from it. Yeah. But, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, this is dating these days, and, like, these are things that yeah. I necessarily haven't gone through, <laughs> but they're so interesting. So <laughs> it is really interesting because I never thought that I was going to be, you know, I don't think I really thought about it. Like, when I was in high school, I was... I would say I was pretty far behind, like, the maturity level of... Not that everyone around us was... Yes. I I don't think, like, everyone around us was mature, but I had had led such a sheltered life. Like, I didn't know anyone who had ever gone to college. Like, no one in my family. I didn't understand, like, these basic concepts. And then I went to college, and I was just, like, overwhelmed. Right. And was just kind of like absorbing so much stuff and yeah. like meeting all these people that were so different from me and it was just like such an eye-opening experience and dating wasn't really like on the table I don't think I mean like I definitely yeah. had crushes I like went out with people kind of but none of it ever went anywhere it certainly didn't really like end well like I didn't I didn't know how to deal with the concept of someone pursuing me (laughs) like I would just um, yeah like I would make it insane every single time when I was a sophomore there was this senior in this fraternity that we hung out with and he was just like on me and was always asking me out and was always like telling his friends that he liked me and stuff and I was just so um confused by the attention and I didn't like it didn't cross my mind to say no but I also wasn't interested in him. Right. And so I would just, like, let him give me all this attention. And, I, it, like, it just, I made everything so much messier than it needed to be. Because I didn't know how yeah. to say no. I didn't, like, it didn't occur to me that I had options. Or that I, like, oh. could have my own opinion about someone else, like, being interested in me. Right. And we so. Just didn't know. Like, we didn't know these things. No. <laughs> you, like, we needed a crash course we in, did. like. But it makes me think of even um a mutual friend of ours who like got a boyfriend freshman year and then dated him for a long time and she didn't do you remember like she didn't like him is she still dating him no i don't think so (laughs) i'm pretty sure they broke up i can't yeah i remember she would be like i'm not i don't really like him yeah yeah and we would be like are you gonna break up with him and she'd be like no (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was so weird. Yeah, but, like, I really can't even say anything because I would do that on a smaller level with, like, all these guys. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think I ever really gave any thought to what my future might look like only because I didn't didn't think about, like, dating a bunch of people. I didn't really think about what I wanted. It was, like, if someone else liked me, I was like, okay, let's see, like, what I can do about this. How I feel about them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now I've lived in Chicago for almost four years and I've like been dating. And um, so all these experiences that I have that I like keep 
doing all these polls about and stuff, it's it's really interesting to see everyone's responses. But I definitely never thought I would be here. <laughs> Do you feel like because you live in a big city, does that change how you're dating? Oh my god! Compared to like friends in smaller, like yeah, friends in smaller cities, like yeah, one trillion percent. There's just like volume you know there's so many yes a big theme that has come out with talking about sex um on this podcast is like people who enjoy their sex lives more are more vocal and they're more comfortable with like talking about what they want I think it's really interesting though with couples like you guys who had such a smooth start, maybe you, it's it's just been easy from the beginning and I'm always kind of interested in if that's like how it goes sexually as well, if it's like still a process of getting to know each other or if you click right from the bat, like have you had to communicate with each other a lot or has it been like really easy that way too? Every aspect of relationship requires a lot of communication, Mm -hmm. and even though things have been smooth with us, Quinn, in my opinion, Quinn is pretty terrible at communicating (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) Like, he's pretty, it's like, he's just like a quiet guy, and, like, likes to keep things to himself, and so, (laughs) like, it's more of me, like, basically pulling things out of him in order to get what what I need out of him, like, what he wants, what he needs, because I, I'm like pretty chatty compared to him especially like in our relationship I'll talk about everything with him anything and sometimes he's like can you stop (laughs) so it's more it's been I think uh more of a process of me like needing to pull a little from him yeah more than anything else but other than that it's I mean it's been pretty smooth I think yeah that's good (laughs) I have to ask him that too yeah (laughs) this is another thing that just like wraps up wraps around to me um like for my job Mm -hmm. is people like some people obviously are really nervous like open up but Mm -hmm. then other people will like ask me questions Mm -hmm. that are like so beyond things I needed to know (laughs) (laughs) I'm like oh Oh my god! <laughs> like, like, yeah, sometimes, like some people ask me really, re- really weird questions. Like this one girl um, came in who has pain with intercourse and newly married, twenty two, and she said, "Do you think that the reason that I have pain with intercourse is because I smoke hookah every night?" And I was like, "What? what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so." That's another. I guess that's another thing with um, guys is. So, since, obviously, they don't have a vagina, for public floor PT, if you're doing internal, it has to be anal. Oh, yeah. And, like, my boss said, like, a lot of them really freak out. Like, some of them are, like, totally fine with it, and others, like, you're doing what? Like, you you can't. (laughs) No, no. And they, like, get so freaked out by it. They say no. Yeah, and she's like, well, that's okay, but, like, eventually you're probably going to need this. Right. Is there anything that we we didn't hit or that you want to, like, talk about before we wrap up? Um, Let me think. Um, I guess the one other thing that I would say is I, something I run into a lot with work is that these, some of the people that I get, um, especially public pain patients have like a really, um, really long history of things, whether it be sexual traumas or, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And I do my best obviously to work with them, um, through, through talking and things too, but sometimes I feel like I'm not totally qualified in everything that I'm. Yeah. You know, and there are, there are also like pelvic pain 
therapists, not like PTs, but therapists, chronic pain therapists and things like that. Or just if you have some sort of other, um, someone who's more qualified on that side of it, whether, you know, the, the emotional side of it. I do my best and I think I do, you know, a pretty decent job, but I know that there's people that are more qualified than me. So yeah. if you also are, you know, having issues with that and you're going to a public floor PT, don't be afraid to ask them for other resources too. Yeah. Or other people you can and see. I'm sure that a lot of them have recommendations for people like that. Yes. Like the place that I was going, bringing in a um, sex therapist to work in her office yeah, that's, like, that's so smart. Yeah, so if you're in Chicago, um, Lakeview PT, her name is Bridget, definitely check her out. I would highly recommend yeah. her. And now she has a sex therapist on staff, so I should probably go back. But, um, <laughs> and then I like to wrap up episodes by plugging if you have, like, a cause or um, a charity that you care about and would like to prompt people to donate to so one of my best friends lives in Tijuana now she's been living there for a few years and she works at a place called Tijuana Christian Mission and um she basically is like the mother of these children there it's insane the things that she used to do and the things she does um but they are always looking for donations whether it be school supplies um recently we just did like a Christmas thing um where we all sent gifts to sponsor a child but she just does like really amazing stuff there and I would love for you know more people to help support her I think that they have a Facebook page that I follow to you on a Christian mission and I think they have an Instagram too but I'll look into that cool okay and you want a Christian mission Yes, and if anyone out like anyone out there has specific questions about anything I talked about today, you can send me a message. My um, handle is Katie under or Katie yeah Katie underscore <laughs> Coughlin. C O U G H L I N. Like shoot, what's my name? <laughs> so on Instagram, it's Katie oh, underscore Coughlin. Like Coughlin. Like Coughlin, yes. uh, On Instagram. So send her all of your vagina questions. Questions, exactly. Send them my way. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we finally got you on here. Hey guys, with the 10th episode publishing, I just wanted to come on and quickly thank everyone who has been listening and supporting the podcast so far. I'm really grateful and this has been so much fun. I've learned so much and I just wanted to say that if there are ever any topics that um, we kind of breeze past or that you come up with that you're really interested in learning more about or hearing someone talk about, please let me know. You can message me on Instagram um, and we will definitely find a place for that to be featured on a future episode. Thank you again for listening and the number one way to support results may vary is to just share us with a friend um, spread the word. You can rate and review us on iTunes. It's always super helpful and we will catch you next time.